Well, thanks everybody for joining this episode of the IPHO podcast. We are very fortunate indeed to be joined by Jim Alexander on what is uh, just about a week before IPHO's 10th anniversary. It's uh, great to be here. And Sergio, as you know better than anybody, it's actually a little more than 11 years. I think our birth date was uh, October 8th in 2012, but something like that. Uh, but, you know, I remember coming to you just saying, hey, I got this idea. And, you know, you're one of the people I think would be amazing to help build it out. And uh, and you did. And we did. And so have many thousands who have joined us uh to continue to write the story. Incredible journey so far. It has been absolutely amazing. And I look back on it really fondly over the last 10 years, all the things that we learned, you know, um, building an organization is just a different experience entirely, you know, versus uh, what I've done in my, my professional career thus far. So it's been an incredible ride. And I think, you know, one of the things that I learned or took away from, you know, from the past 10 years or so was just the power of adding more people to the team as time has gone on. Because it started quite small, quite humble, um, you know, in its origins with a team of three. Um, And then it became four and then five and six. And each addition to the team um, has been really fantastic, you know, all the way out to, you know, the current size of the organization now. I mean, you can tell me what the latest figures look like, but um, it's grown into quite an organization and the, the collective contributions of everybody is the thing that really uh, has impressed me all along the way. Every time we add somebody else to the organization, uh, it gets just a little bit better. Yeah, I'm with you there. People think of IPHO as a thing, but of course it's not a thing. It's people. It's a community of people. And uh, I reflect back on connections we've all made, the opportunities that we've helped provide uh, for those who would follow us, um, the growth. And yeah, I could quote a couple numbers here. Just uh, the the impact of things is kind of numbing when you think about we were just sitting around, you know, our dining room table with a blank piece of paper, literally, and uh, trying to figure it out. But you know, of course, we had no chapters. Now there's over 100. Uh, the number of industry pharmacists has doubled in these 10 years from 10,000 to more than 20,000. Uh, number of fellowship, number of companies offering fellowships have gone from 40 to over 100. Number of fellows quadrupled from 200 to 800. Um, the registrants, interesting. <laughs> I looked at this today, uh, Sergio and Alex, and um, you know, when we filmed recently, filmed, recorded a video, uh, and everybody will see it soon, um, uh, just commemorating our 10 years, we said, oh, we have 22,000 registrants from, of course, zero. And since we did that video, we've added another 1,500 people. So now it's like approaching 24,000 in the last, I don't know, 45 days or something. Then something else I'm particularly proud that we've uh, contributed to, we can't take credit for it. It takes uh, a village for everything, as you guys know. But when I was running the Rutgers program uh, uh, in 20, and, and, and in 2012, in total, there were seven black pharmacists 
who are participating in fellowships. And now there's over 140. And that's, a, again, a collective effort of a lot of committed people uh, to make a difference and in the underrepresented communities. But 140 is more than the number of fellows who completed their program in 2012 when IPHO was born. So all of those, like, again, it kind of numbs the mind to think of just from an idea to, you know, impact and impact, not a thing, but the people who have made all that happen, you know, along the way. To contribute here, I have not been around for the ride, but what I have done over the last nine years is I've spoken to at least 100 students, probably more, um, just at night, uh, having a conversation. Someone sends a message, picking up the phone, having a call. And the number of students who are now involved in a leadership role with an opportunity to take on leadership responsibilities through IPHO is it's pretty profound because I remember trying to find opportunities in school to build my CV, to demonstrate leadership, to experience what leadership is in a professional organization, in a professional education program. And I think just the 100 chapters can is, has really had an effect that I've seen over the last nine years, like I've said, um, with students being getting that opportunity to build out their experience, to build out their CVs, and to have something to speak to when they sit down in front of a company seeking to achieve their dreams. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Alex. I remember maybe Sergio and, I, Sergio and I were talking about that one time a number of years ago, but I, I saw a resume and like IPHO was on it. And I'm like, oh, like there's there's people, you know, benefiting from this and sharing some of their experiences as they're interviewing, you know, for, for different things. And, uh, you know, now, of course, there's, like you said, there's over, over 700 leadership positions out there. And, uh, you know, the case competition, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, I don't know, but um, that has expanded amazingly. And I see people listing on their resume. I was director of marketing for my local, you know, case competition team. And that's my exposure to industry. And I'm here to tell you, you know, what I learned about it and how I grew from it. As someone who didn't have industry experience, I leaned on my P&T competition through AMCP. And so hearing about your competition and it coming to light and talking to students who are participating in it, um, it, it gives that that opportunity to fill that vacuum that may not be provided to others. And, you know, since Sergio already dated the episode by saying that we're a week out from the 10-year anniversary, I'm going to do it again. Because speaking of competition, Aaron Judge just hit a 60-second home run to set the record for us. Wow. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, uh. I'm, I, I, had, I had it playing over here because that's history. Uh, the only non-steroid associated player. So I won't detract anymore. I'm just excited. Had to share. No, with now you. I'm really experiencing pure joy. I thought <laughs> I was before, but... Uh, I've been following him and, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, um, it's interesting. You know, we talk about opportunity just off the cuff here and people haven't, the pitchers haven't been given him opportunity to reach, to reach his goals, you know? And so for him to, to pick and choose and find his way and compete through failure here 
over the last couple of weeks uh, since hitting his 61st. Yeah, I uh, uh, I salute that uh, totally. And, and I pulled away and I apologize. So I, I do want to bring, come back. You mentioned the case competition. Can you tell uh, for those who are who are listening who aren't aware of it, don't know what it's about? Can you describe a little bit and, and help people understand what it is, how to get involved, et cetera? Yeah, thanks. You know, and I, I do need to go back to the origins on some of these things since we're celebrating our 10 years. But like so many things, uh, so many initiatives and ideas, I've always looked at IPHO as a whiteboard with a little bit of writing on it. And the journey is written by our members. And some of our student members came to us passionately saying, hey, the other organizations, you know, they've got these staple um, uh, competitions and we need to have one. And this is what we think it needs to be. So, OK, we're going to we're going to do that. We're going to try that. Uh, it may work and it may not. But like so many things, we are going to try that. And wow, what a home run. And I'm so grateful to the originators of that and bringing that forward. And now, uh, so for those who aren't familiar, um, what we do every year is uh, to construct a theoretical new drug development uh, challenge. Say, hey, in this disease state, you know, here's a new drug in development. You know, go away with your team and develop a complete drug development plan, regulatory strategy, commercialization plan, and communication plan for that theoretical agent. And I'll tell you, the the submissions now that come in blow me away. I mean, the teams make their own theoretical apps. They make their own websites, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And there, of course, there's uh, when there's awards, uh, and it's always great to recognize strong performance. Um, and I want to emphasize that. But also, just from being able to uh, participate on these teams, uh, the learning is amazing. Uh, the team participants get a chance to really, again, sort of virtually or theoretically experience what it's like. It's like, wow, I didn't know how these parts work together. I didn't know it was so complex. Um, you know, everything from uh, not in the lab, but clinical development, you know, up through getting new medications into the hands of patients who, who need it. Um, and I, I, I really celebrate the learning um, more so probably than the awards, but it's always good, like I said, to, to reward strong performance. This episode is brought to you by the Pharmaceutical Industry Fellowship Program at Pfizer. Learn more about their available positions in medical affairs, clinical development and operations, and field medical outcomes and analytics at the link in the show description. Applications are accepted through the Rutgers Application Portal. As somebody who's also seen the evolution of this over the years, um, I think it's, in a way, it's really found its purpose this year. Um, you've got a collaboration now with Beacon, um, so I'd love you to tell our, our listeners about, you know, what is Beacon? I'm familiar with them from the work that I do in the, the GU oncology space, but, um, you know, what are they all about? Um, and maybe... Why have we partnered with them this year? Yeah, so so terrific to have uh, a collaborator uh, in the Bladder Cancer Advocacy Network. Um, uh, people have heard my story now, but I'll just, uh, it probably bears repeating in this context. I'm a bladder cancer survivor. I'm 
18 months uh, disease-free now, which I'm extremely grateful for. Everybody who, you know, helped me along that journey. Um, and one of the big shout outs needs to go to that beacon, the Bladder Cancer Advocacy Network, who through their resources and their community, you know, helped me amazingly in my time of need as they have for thousands of other, other um, bladder cancer patients. So, you know, uh, yeah, as I was coming out of that, I'm thinking, hmm, how can I give back to this organization that's, uh, that's given so much to me? I thought, wow, I can actually get my personal and professional worlds to kind of collide here <laughs> a little bit. And so I reached out to, I've already been volunteering, you know, back with the organization, but I, I reached out to uh, Stephanie Chisholm there and the management at Beacon and said, hey, we have this case competition and wouldn't it be great if we dedicated, you know, this year to bladder cancer and the important role that these patient advocacy organizations play, yes, in bladder cancer, but also really most disease states from rare right through to, you know, common uh, therapeutic areas. And so uh, they were thrilled uh, and we're thrilled to be partnering with them. I was on the line today, um, next next week, October 12th, we're having um, uh, a, a webinar for all the participating teams and there'll be live bladder cancer patients for them to interact with hear their journeys, hear their stories, understand unmet patient needs. Uh, and hopefully it'll take the case competition to a new level this year where, uh, you know, of course it's a little bit of a theoretical exercise by definition, but this year also maybe by interacting with these patients, they'll understand it'll bring it a little bit more home. Like, hey, the patient is waiting. There's tons of unmet need out there. And, uh, you know, we can help. Uh, we can help as PharmDs in the industry in bringing new medications to people who need them. It really does sound like it's found its purpose, um, that all the dots have really connected. It's such a great opportunity for, for all the participants who are going to be involved in, in the case competition, such an opportunity to demonstrate, you know, high quality, high caliber work um, and a great way to shine a light on the unmet needs that still exist in the, in the bladder cancer community. And speaking if I, of, if I could just add something yeah. there, uh, sorry to interrupt Sergio, but, um, Seagen and Estellas, uh, they have a partnership and they are, uh, supporting financially the case competition this year. Um, the, the support will go to beacon, uh, not to IPHO other than the, the team, the winning team this year will get to participate in their annual think tank, which I, I attended in Denver this year. It was amazing. So next year in Washington, D.C., our winning um, uh, case competition team will actually make a presentation to patients, caregivers, uh, thought leaders, uh, medical oncologists, surgeons, and pharmaceutical industry representatives. Uh, over probably probably about a thousand of them. So it'll be amazing. 
this has become a uh, serious thing now and a, a seriously amazing opportunity for for all the participants. Um, and we're super appreciative of you know the sponsors um, who've partnered with IPHO on this. And and speaking of partnering, um, there was other big partnering news coming out of IPHO recently, and that was uh, by way of a new collaboration with Maps. Um, well, an organization that I've been aware of for a while as somebody who's worked in the medical affairs space, but I'd love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, about MAPS and why did it make sense for IPHO to partner with them? Yeah, well, as you can tell, we're doing, uh, we're not sitting idle in our, <laughs> celebrating our 10th year. Uh, we're growing, uh, we're expanding, and the MAPS collaboration is amazing really a while in the making. But, you know, as you look at IPHO, uh, we know our identity, we know who we are, um, you know, we're true to our brand, and we're an early stage, uh, a career stage organization. We're going to help students and fellows, you know, find their place and get their start, take their first steps on this path to industry, if that's their chosen path. And then as you become, you know, a working professional, IPHO is not going to be the one. We have so many industry pharmacists like the two of you who give back and uh, want to help you know students and fellows along their journey, which I'm very appreciative of. But we're not going to try to build out benefit services and replicate things for pharmacists working in industry. Uh, what they're most interested in as they begin and advance their careers is their functional area. So medical affairs, regulatory affairs, um, HEOR, whatever it might be, um, there's more of an affinity there. So why should it be that a member of IPHO as a student or fellow would sort of hit a cliff and uh, then go wander off and try to figure out what the next professional organization that they want to be connected with? So we see this as a natural evolution to smooth that transition and actually start it earlier and bring network, you know, connections, content, collaboration, community, the voice of medical affairs for our industry. Um, why not bring that, you know, to our students now and blend that in with what IPHO is offering to them. So um, really, really pleased. And, um, you know, our intention certainly is this will, will work. We're working hard to collaborate with them now every day. And then I'm hopeful that the other functional areas uh, within industry where there's professional organizations will build, you know, similar relationships. This met, this made great sense as a place to start with uh, um, 40% or so of all industry pharmacists are working in medical affairs. MAPS has 9,000 members. 280 different companies globally, um, and it's a pretty good, um, it, it's a really good match uh, considering where we are and where they are and the potential blend there. It, it's interesting, and it sounds like you found a nice continuum so that students can start with IPHO, fellows, early career, and then as you become more seasoned medical affairs professionals, for example, you have that access. And I can tell you that I have access to all of MAPS through my employer. And there's really good content in there. There's white papers, there's resources that help me understand um, aspects of uh, executing different activities that I may not have participated in before, contributed to, observed. 
I've, I, I've used it um, a few years back uh, when, when on a specific program that I probably can't mention. And it really just laid out those beginning steps for me. It opened up that window into uh, how to begin executing a specific within my role, a specific task within my role. So I'm, I'm excited to, to hear about this news. I, I found out a lot during recording with you. I didn't, you know, hearing about the case competition, I'm sitting over here on mute as you two are talking going, wow, I don't know if, if the students participating in this really comprehend, and they probably do, but the, the magnitude of the experience they're going to have with patients involved. The, so I, I'm, I'm impressed with the partnerships that you're making. And, um, you know, as a co-host of this podcast, you may think, yeah, well, he's, he's just saying that, but seeing what you're doing, I'm, I'm truly impressed by it. It's, uh, it's fun, I'll tell you, and rewarding. And the, the Beacon collaboration, okay, might be a little bit of a one-off for this year because of the, we just got a specific therapeutic area that matches with them. But I hope it sets a new bar for the future as we contemplate other uh, disease states, you know, each year. And uh, the patient advocacy organizations play such an important role and we'll make sure that that's uh, that students have a strong exposure, you know, to that. And I can envis- envision a future state where maybe we even uh, team up with some of our chapters with some of the patient advocacy groups and help support, you know, their causes from, you know, IPHO national, regional, local, you know, perspective. And maps, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to. Kirk Shepard. I've known the the found the, the the folks who helped found this. One of them, uh, you know, on the board, Mary Alice uh, Dwyer. She was my co-fellow uh, when uh, I was a fellow at Rutgers in the second class, I guess, ever. And uh, how about that for it's a small world and continue your relationships. Robin Wintersberry also. And uh, Garth Sundum, who's their director of communications and marketing, really grateful for all these folks. And Travis, who's their CEO, um, really grateful for all these folks and a, a shared um, vision in terms of professionalism and what an organ a professional organization should look like in the pharmaceutical industry, um, and uh, really so appreciative of that. I can't wait to bring uh, some specific content to our chapters that we co-develop. In addition, just the access, Alex, that you were mentioning before, um, great content there. And we've got a team now of students, uh, fellows, and industry pharmacists who are working on uh, maximizing our opportunity here to identify level-appropriate content um, and connections for all our different segments. It's such a great reminder that behind all of this is um, a group of people who have a shared vision, you know, and have a, a belief that this makes sense, whether it's the Beacon Partnership, the, the MAPS Partnership. Um, you know, and I like what you said that IPHO is setting a new bar with these and that next year it may be other partners, you know, whether it's on the case competition or, you know, whether it's other functional area you know, organizations that make sense for partnering. And um, it's just amazing to, you know, to look ahead um, and envision what could be, what could be coming. But speaking of setting a new bar, um, 
the annual meeting was was just completed recently, and the feedback that I've seen on it so far has been really amazing. You know, I can tell you from the fellows at our company who participated in the the programming, um, they had nothing but positive things to say about their experiences. Um, I know I've heard anecdotally from students uh, about their experiences with the the various programming, and just curious from from your standpoint, you know, your your thoughts on. You know, again, looking back 10 years ago, I don't know that we ever would have envisioned doing annual meetings, but but here we are, and it feels like it's really having an impact. Yeah, there's, uh, I'm still unpacking, you know, from that, uh, the, the, the highs, uh, the joy, knowing that you're helping these students, you know, get off on the right foot as they're uh, really navigating treacherous waters this year it's more complicated than ever not that it was ever cookie cutter but you kind of had a formula um but anyway our our annual meeting we're committed to keeping that virtual and affordable um I've had questions about that recently and i would love to see everybody in person but you know the uh, we also don't want to reach into students pockets um you know to have to pay for travel and hotels and, you know, uh, meals and, you know, all that stuff that, that contributes to having to attend one of those. So especially in light of the student debt figures, you recently shared with me some figures on, you know, student debt for folks that are coming out of pharmacy school. It's eye watering. I fell off my chair yesterday and I shared that with you that, uh, you know, a survey among the class of 2022, the results were, 84% 84% have debt, and the average debt for those 84% is $160,000. So the quick math there is over 14,000 graduates, and uh, the 84% have 160000 in debt. That's almost $2 billion in debt that our student pharmacists are graduating with now collectively. Uh, yeah, so whatever we can do, uh, our part, you know, to promote virtual recruiting and virtual learning. Um, I hope that in the future, you know, a lot of the recruiting that is face-to-face can happen at the companies or in other kinds of face-to-face events that don't require any out-of-pocket spending from the applicants and the students. Uh, Clearly, like you were alluding to, Sergio, it's difficult to afford that element. So yeah, I think um, the annual meeting was a big success. Uh, 600 students attended. 35 companies supported. And uh, yeah, it's become uh, really a a recognized staple to help kick off that fellowship recruiting season. And I hope we've helped reduce the mystery and the complexity of things uh, for a lot of of the applicants out there. Um, Yeah. Those are staggering financial figures. That's, That's annual. Um, and I'm happy to hear that you're you're doing what you can to make it easier on students while still providing quality experience. Maybe uh, maybe Sergio can uh, open up his door, house a bunch of students if you want to start doing in person. I, I don't know if that, <laughs> that's in the work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone would have to share a room house, with that uh, boy. I haven't visited yet, but you know we can invite a few hundred students to stay over there. I'm sure Stacy and the kids will be happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like party. a good time. <laughs> well, I was just about to turn the page and think about what we might want to do in the future. Um, and 
it's amazing to spend some time looking back at, at some of the things that, that have been accomplished, you know, just recently, recent partnerships, the annual meeting, um, everything that's been done over the past 10 years to stand up an organization that's, you know, trying to, at least at the outset, was aspiring to become a, a proven path to industry. And now a decade in has, you know, demonstrated the results. And, you know, it feels almost like folly trying to look ahead 10 years. Um, you know, far be it from me to, to sit here and pontificate about what will be 10 years from now. But I wonder, you know, maybe it's not 10 years ahead that we're looking, but what are you excited about um, over the coming years? You know, the things that are in development and that we have to look forward to. Well, I get excited looking at, at you two guys and uh, also the students coming along and the fellows, the amazingly talented people whose uh, hands uh, and, and minds that this organization will, will be with, uh, you know, in the future. So luckily, I probably don't have to invent the next 10 years. I'll have people who are going to do that, you know, for us. And Sergio, we learned, um, and Alex probably knows that too, but yeah, a lot of our, even, you know, I sent you something recently, Sergio, some of our original thoughts and, you know, trying to, you can't predict what's going to be successful. You got to get it into the hands of the community and let them decide uh, the direction of things. What are the true needs? And as they evolve, if there's one thing we've done or, you know, uh, that I try to do, certainly, I just have a restless discontent for the status quo always. So constantly trying ideas, never thinking that we've got it right the way we do things now. And so I, I am excited uh, just about that, about the ideas that will come forward and that will support them like we have from the first, you know, blank piece of paper to where it is today. And I think we'll do that in the future. Now, you know, if I reflect a little bit more, kind of drilling down and looking at the profession of pharmacy, uh, I'm a... I'm a pharmacist first, once a pharmacist, you know, always a pharmacist. I see, and it's pretty well uh, discussed out there, you know, some troubles in some of the traditional areas of pharmacy practice. And so I do anticipate that we'll have more people just like looking for alternatives generally. Um, we've seen that in the growth of our chapters and the support from local faculty and administration that wasn't always there in the past, and now it is. Um, in fact, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't even like to refer to industry as non-traditional anymore because it's no secret, uh, you know, almost living and breathing as a student now, it's going to find you that there's a thing out there that you can, you know, explore and have a very re rewarding career. And, you know, as you look at, um, one of the things that gives me a lot of confidence for the future, you know, we've done job satisfaction research with industry pharmacists. And what you would normally expect in almost any walk of professional life is kind of a bell curve when you look at folks and how satisfied they are with your work. And industry pharmacists are way skewed towards the, the right end of that curve. Highly satisfied, extremely satisfied, very satisfied. You know, so that doesn't surprise any of us who do work or have worked in that setting. Um, but it's encouraging to document it and then think about 
um, you know, how it compares with other alternatives and to know that it's going to continue to be, you know, an attractive alternative. This episode is brought to you by Novo Nordisk, a global healthcare company working to defeat diabetes and other serious chronic diseases such as obesity, rare blood diseases, and rare endocrine diseases. The Novo Nordisk Industry Practice Fellowship offers fellowship tracks that range from one to two-year programs. These programs provide fellows with the opportunity to kickstart their careers by working closely with experienced industry professionals and gaining valuable, hands-on work experience. The details of the fellowship can be found in the brochure in the show description. One of the things that excites me, you know, looking ahead to the, to the next one, two, five, ten years of the organization is the impact that will increasingly start to have on, on patients, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it really all boils down to. I think it's, it's why we all do the work that we do is to, to make a difference, to have an impact and, you know, seeing things like the, the beacon collaboration, you know, and the partnerships that are being stood up now, it gives me great hope that, you know, the next 10 years will be even more impactful than, than the last 10 years. And I just can't wait for us to, um, chat about it again sometime soon. Well, you know, I couldn't agree more with that, obviously, with my own journey. And it is true. I mean, it's a cliche here now. The the patient is waiting, but wow. You know, how I wished um, in 2019 when I was diagnosed with bladder cancer that there was a medication, you know, that was just sitting there ready on the shelf and, you know, could help me with my, uh, you know, with my health. Uh, but there wasn't. And, you know, that's part of the hope and promise for the future. Like I said, uh, uh, it's, and, and, you know, it's part of the great reward of being able to be uh, an active contributor in that, uh, in that organization, in that product, in trying to meet those, um, un, you know, unmet patient needs. PharmDs have the perfect background for that. And anybody... I mean, I say this in all my presentations. If you were going to start a pharmaceutical company, would you want a medication expert or two? <laughs> right? And those are our basic building blocks. And if we can just acquire a few of the other, you know, teamwork skills along the way, there's really uh, no limit. And I know uh, you guys shared with me in some of your future podcasts, you're going to have some pharmacists on who are, are CEOs and senior folks who are and of ones who are testament, you know, to the possibilities out there. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure speaking to you again on this 10th anniversary of IPHO. Looking forward to the next time you come and join us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you both and uh, continue the great work. Thanks so much.